Welcome to Dietitians Uncorked, a podcast hosted by Kat and Kelly, two registered dietitians who co-founded Nutriving, a virtual nutrition practice. We talk all things food, nutrition, life, and of course, wine. This is a judgment-free zone where all foods fit and all bodies are welcome. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited to have you here for another episode of Dietitians Uncorked. We have, um, I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining one today. Uh, We are talking about some recent kitchen fails that Kat and I have had, as well as kitchen (laughs) wins. So you're in for some laughs. Um, Before we get into that, we do want to let you know that our group program called Nourished and Empowered is live. So it's a 12-week group program where you have access to video material every week, as well as supporting materials, lots of actionable tips and resources. There's a virtual supportive community where people are commenting what they're working on and helping each other out. And then we also have a monthly live Q&A group call with Kat and I. So there's a lot available. It's a wonderful price point right now. So be sure to check that out. You can go to our website, newtriving.com. And there's a tab under services for our group program. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We are always happy to talk through things with you. Um, I think that's good for announcements. Kat, I really want to know what you have um, in your cup today. I have a surprise, surprise Cabernet Sauvignon, Um, but it's really good. It's uh, from Chile. It's called Cuvée Los Lingües Coile. Coile, I think it's called. Um, if it's pronounced differently, I don't know. Um, and it is uh, 2018. It's actually just, it's just very nice. It's right up my alley, right up your alley too. It sounds like it. I actually have mm-hmm. a 2018 as well. This is an <gasps> old vine Zinfandel. It's from California. Uh, Rubis is on the label. Rubis Wine Selections, it says. Um, delicious. You would also love it. Any of our listeners who like bold, dry, um, tannin, you know, type wine, then Kat and I are your girls. So for sure. Very happy with our choices, it sounds like. Kat, I'm so excited to do this episode with you. We did a little pre-show and reviewed (laughs) some of our ideas, but essentially we wanted to share because cooking in the kitchen is an adventure, right? Sometimes it goes really well, and other times it really goes the opposite direction. And anyone who cooks a good amount, you know, has experiences in both directions. So today what we want to do is, and maybe this will become a series, TBD. If if you guys like it, let us know. But Kat and I want to share a cooking fail as well as a cooking win or two that we've had recently. Kat, where do you want to start us off? Oh my God. I feel like we need to start with success and end with a fail because I think I have a lot more to say about the fail than the success. The success is always like wonderful, but then the Mm -hmm. fail is always like, holy crap, how am I going to present this uh, to anybody? Let's do it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me hear. Um, so I'll do one win. I had to make a cake for somebody's birthday, um, but it needed to be vegan. 
and um, I never made. So I think that the request was a chocolate cake, which to me, it's like chocolate cake. There's something sacred about it. It should be a religious moment when you eat chocolate cake. It's it's a big it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love chocolate cake with like chocolate sauce and chocolate, everything on it, just all chocolate. It's just like my favorite. But this needed to be vegan, and I was so afraid that it wasn't going to work because uh, the recipe, my beloved recipe of a chocolate um, cake is full of butter and eggs and everything that makes everything fluffy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I had uh, the luck to find this incredible recipe. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up because I think everyone should know. Uh, this recipe, it gives the most decadent chocolate cake I think I've ever tasted. I didn't even have to tell anybody that it was vegan as like a, Hey, listen, it might be a little weird cause it's vegan. No, it, it was just like delicious all around and, and it was vegan. So, uh, that was my biggest win. It, it my, so David, my husband, loved it so much that he requested that vegan cake for his birthday because he liked it so much. I need to try it ASAP. Um, so it's a website, like it's a blog. Yeah, let me... Um, we can definitely put it in the show notes, but um, that sounds incredible. And I'm really curious about what, how is that, like I've never made a vegan chocolate cake or vegan yeah. cake. So where does like the texture come from? Oh my gosh, the texture. If I could just describe the texture to you, it's like this creamy, velvety, moist, just rich enough, but not that sweet. It's perfect. It's the, the website is called Nora Cooks. And Nora, girl, you know <laughs> what you're doing. Because honestly... It requires, okay, this is the craziest step. So you're doing, I, th- I think it has the, the basic sort of um, subs of like applesauce for mm-hmm. the eggs. Um, it does use, you know, flour and sugar, just like every other recipe. Um, but there's a weird step where after you're using cocoa powder and all that other stuff, um, it requires a boiling cup of water at the end to put in your batter while you're mixing it. And the batter turns like, like a juice. It's like a gooey juice, chocolate milk. That's like too runny somehow. And it tells the recipe tells you if it's too runny, don't worry. Like it'll work out. Trust me. Nora knows what she's doing. You do it, the batter is like way too liquidy, but it turns out perfect. It's just mm, so good. I want to make that ASAP. Um, mm-hmm. I think we should, we're going to see each other soon, and I think we should make that. And I also <gasps> need to know, since you're coming to Chicago, I need to know while we're on the topic of chocolate cake, if you have had yeah. the Portillo's chocolate cake ever. You know what? You have asked me that. Now's the time. Like, it's our moment, guys. 
Uh, you asked me that. Like, um, I think, I don't know when the timing, but I was like, oh man, I missed out. But I know I, I've never had it. I think we should have a chocolate cake testing day. And oh make my God. The one you're talking about. And then also go to Portillo's and, you know, just sample. Would love it. Would love it. I would pay so much money to do that as a daily activity. <laughs> so much money. Well, I also have a cake recipe win to share. And I actually have the cookbook in front of me because I use it to prop up my microphone over here. Um, but I made it. This was in the past few months or so. And I've already made it again because it was so good. This is a recipe from Half-Baked Harvest, which is a pretty mm-hmm. large, well-known um, food blog. She also has a bunch of cookbooks. Her name is Tegan Gerard. I think I'm saying that right. This, I picked this, so it's a coconut carrot cake. And I don't know how you feel, Kat, but I love carrot cake. Like, it's one of my top three flavors, I would say. Mm-hmm. Do you feel mm-hmm. the same? Um, I wouldn't say top three, um, <laughs> just because the top three are chocolate, chocolate, chocolate for me. <laughs> but I would say <laughs> shortly after that, I, I'm a big maybe fan four. of carrot cake. Yeah, okay. maybe four. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cum, and I also love coconut, so I saw this recipe, and I was like, those are two of my most favorite flavors in the whole world, and Mm -hmm. here they are just, like, living in harmony in a cake, so I made it, and this, so the cake is written for 16 people, and I live with one other person, (laughs) so I was like, I can't make a cake for 16, like, what am I going to do that? I have nowhere to, to take it I would have to like go up and right. down my block and offer it to people so mm-hmm. what I ended up doing is taking a baking sheet and I cut I put like I had another small baking pan of sorts and so I put that on half of it and then I kept the parchment paper on like half so the other pan served to like block it a little bit it sounds very um janky which it was but it worked DIY yeah yeah very DIY because then we didn't have cake forever um but it's a layer cake so you make you you make like you make it in a baking sheet and then she tells you to cut it up so I had like half a baking sheet and then I cut that and then you stack the layers on top of each other it was incredible it was so So perfectly written Tons of carrots, like a lot of good carrot flavor. The coconut added so much. Um, the other ingredients, there's nothing crazy in it. The only thing I didn't have was buttermilk, which if, if you've never had buttermilk, if you Google it, there are a bunch of alternatives where you can mm-hmm. you know, combine vinegar or lemon juice or whatever with milk. So that's what I ended up doing, and it worked uh, beautifully. And cream cheese frosting. Ugh, love cream cheese. It was so good. It was so, I hate this word, but it was so moist. Like the texture was absolutely perfect. And now I need it again. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, whenever you're making it, I think it's worth the uh, flight price for me yeah. to just <laughs> drop by. We're going to have a <laughs> couple cake, thousand dollars. baking day. <laughs> yes. I would love that. I would love that. Okay. I am. Very interested to hear your story of the fail. Oh my God. I'm just like, I'm already <laughs> blushing. I feel like. <laughs> well, no one can see us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 
This is <clears throat> this is a story of a very ambitious woman <laughs> who thought she would be able to do something she had no idea what she was doing. <laughs> um, so I was working full time, trying to think about the possibility of having a blog and like a food blog. Uh, I think every dietitian thinks about this at some point in their career, whether it's early or later, or maybe I'm projecting, but it seems like that's something that you might go into because we talk about food all the time and we're always experimenting with food. And mm-hmm. anyway, um, I was working full time. I was very tired. And my sister-in-law um, asked me to... Her company was doing this feature of a recipe of a dietitian, somebody in the nutrition field, and they were going to put it on their website for a holiday edition. (laughs) But the recipe needed to be an original. It needed to be an original recipe from the dietitian. And she was like, I know you've been thinking about this blog situation. Why don't you make it? make something for us and like we'll put it on this magazine and I thought wow oh my god I mean this website excuse me not magazine although I think there was a magazine but anyway Mm -hmm. it was a somewhat of a big opportunity uh but it came at poor timing where my uh thoughts on the matter were just not very fully (laughs) baked um anyway so I decided I'm like I have to make something the word original really sort of, I think it overwhelmed me because I'm thinking everybody has done everything already. Mm -hmm. So like what that leaves me with like the weird stuff, but I was tired and ambitious. And I was like, I am going to make something that is original and it will be a hit. So I decided (laughs) that the best thing to do was, oh my God, carrot-covered cashews. What? (laughs) Yeah. So I decided to experiment with grating carrots and putting them on top of cashews and putting them in the oven. Mm Mm-hmm. I do I was tired. Can I preface I was tired? <laughs> and I was like, well, we need something sweet to coat them, right? And so I did like honey. Um this doesn't work because carrot is very wet and mm. um slippery. And cashews are very smooth on the outside. And cashews and carrots don't necessarily <laughs> highlight one another. <laughs> um And so I was running behind on this recipe and I had already committed to this idea that I had in my head that I was, this was original, you guys, original. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to do this. And because things were not working, clearly the carrot was not sticking to the cashew. It didn't taste good. They tasted a little bit like burnt honey because that's really what was going on. Um, and I decided to top it with like sesame seeds. Uh, oh my gosh, it was not it was not a good thing. But the worst part of the story is the fact that I presented that 
to this website. And I was like, this is a healthy <laughs> snack. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they added they it make to it? the <laughs> website. No, no one should ever make that. That is just like a terrible recipe. But I was sort of like, this is an opportunity <laughs> to become visible and be the face of a terrible recipe. Um, so anyway, my name is not on there, so you can't really Google it and find this like, <laughs> can't be horrendous recipe. <laughs> no, thank God. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did that. It was not a good um, situation. Wow. I didn't think that story would end with it being public knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it, it also needed to be photographed pretty and it, the pictures I took, can you like just picture I would picture love this. to see them. I really need a cashew, <laughs> a cashew with goo on top and something <laughs> orange, just like paper mache, almost like stuck to it. And sesame, like, there's no way you make that pretty. No yeah. way you make that pretty. And the pictures look terrible. And that is what I presented to this company. And I don't, I still don't know what my sister in law thinks of that whole experience. Um, but, oh God, it was terrible. I was just consumed by the thought that it needed to be original. And I thought, I can't just have my own take on, you know, something classic and maybe, like, change it up a bit. I needed to think of something completely different than anybody had ever thought about. And my best guess at that time was cashews with carrots and um, sesame cashews <laughs> come into a store near you <laughs> ew it didn't taste good even uh, so I bad. resonate with that though because it, and my story is not going to be too far off I think the the original part like whether you're you know trying to produce recipes for someone or you're simply just like in a rut and you're trying to come up with something you know different that you haven't had before that can very easily result in a fail because you just don't know and there's so many like everything has basically been done it's just that you're putting a different spin on it you know and so finding something that is truly truly original like the masterpiece that you created with the carrot covered cashews. Like that's hard. That's tough. That's a tough, <laughs> tough call. Yeah, it was, uh, I do not recommend it. Don't Google it. Just, <laughs> let's just let that lie. Let let's just lie. let that die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here. Um, what about you? What was your fail? I don't know if you remember this, but when so when Kat and I first founded our company, New Driving, and we were creating processes for how we wanted to see clients and how we wanted to help with them and work with them. And part of what we do with uh, individual clients, like people who are seeing one-on-one, is going through an antioxidant assessment, so to speak. So we go through I don't know if you know what I'm going to say yet, but we go through and (laughs) assess like what do they have a lot of high antioxidant foods in their diet? Are they, you know, moderate in that area? Are they really lacking? Um, So anyways, in that process, Kat and I did a lot of research into categorizing foods by like high, medium, low in terms of their antioxidant content, which was super fun and interesting, but it did lead 
both of us down a little bit of a rabbit hole because we were like, okay, now we have all this great information, but we don't just want to tell clients, hey, eat these things. You want to give them ideas for how they can incorporate those ingredients, and those, those foods. And so <laughs> cloves, cloves, yes. you guys are really high in antioxidants, which is great. Like so high, so <laughs> high. <laughs> but my dumbass was like, okay, I need something original. Like your story. I was like, I need something original. Like I can't sure there's cloves and a lot of, you know, fallish like winter holiday type recipes have clothes and I was like I want to do something different I want to be original right I don't want to I don't want it to be like anything else so what's more original than cloves and chicken (laughs) (laughs) I tried to make a marinade I shit you not with cloves to put chicken (laughs) in it so it was like cloves I don't know, a bunch of shit that I found in my kitchen, just like all sorts of uh, spices that I really had no rhyme or reason for adding together. And then I think I put like lemon juice and olive oil, you know, like an acid in an oil and I marinated the chicken in it and it smelled horrific. Like it was so bad. It was way too heavy on the cloves. Like I got too excited. I wanted the cloves to come out. You know, I wanted them to be present because that was the whole point of the recipe. I didn't want to like put a scant amount. So I really was heavy handed on the clove situation. And it, it was truly the worst thing I think I've ever made in my entire life. And my husband Jeff was just like, why did you put so much in there? He was like, maybe if there wasn't so much, it would be okay. And I was like, because cloves are the star. They're supposed to be the star of this recipe, but actually they shouldn't be. You should never make a chicken marinade with cloves. It's it's a terrible idea. Nothing has ever been so disgusting that I have made in the kitchen. And I didn't have anything with cloves for a really long time. Yeah. Like I, upwards I, of I, a year. I do remember that that you were like I I never want to taste this ever again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's fine. Moving on. Oh my god, yeah, cloves. We learned that although cloves are super high in antioxidant, they should never be the star of a dish. Mm-mm. It's you put cloves as like you know your backup team, and then you make other more yummy things the star uh, ingredients. But yeah, cloves are really healthy, you guys. It just uh, don't put them in your chicken, maybe. Nope, don't do that. (laughs) I can like still smell it. (laughs) Like I still remember it. Oh God. Um, Yeah, but it can only go up from there, right? You experiment, sometimes it doesn't work. Right, right. Uh, I have to, you know Friends, if you're tuning in, you're listening to this, you have to know that just because, like, we're dietitians and we talk about food, we're not all great cooks, like, automatically. Just, like, automatically, not all dietitians know the calories and, like, grams of fat in, like, random packaged foods. Like, we're, we don't have that information. There are some dietitians who do because they do that for a living, but, like, most of us don't. And so... When we're trying to make like healthy recipes for other people and put a spin on it or whatever, we're having to experiment a lot. 
Uh, and sometimes, you know, you get carrot covered or cashew covered carrots, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, that's my caveat to say that, um, this was when I was in college. Uh, so a long time ago, I wanted to make this like fall, Um, I'm just remembering like my, my high hopes of where we started and like where we ended. So it was one of those situations where I had excess random things in my fridge that were going to go bad or just my pantry. So I decided I was going to make this like fall smoothie that it was going to be like the most nutrient dense Ever. It was gonna have all the wonderful things. Uh and uh but I I didn't really think it through. I I there was no thought. It was just me just going through my pantry and my fridge. So anyway, I added apples and cinnamon. So off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Um but I had a little bit of pineapple. Um, in the fridge that was like about to go bad. So we did that. And then I had some spinach. We added that. (laughs) And then I had just discovered turmeric. It was like, this is perfect. Oh boy. Turmeric in there. Um, we had some almond milk, um, that was unsweetened, I believe. Um, there were people in my house that were just like, oh, yeah, I make my, my favorite smoothie has <laughs> celery in it. Let's add celery. Oh, my gosh. By the end of this uh, situation, we had a lumpy, grainy, brown smoothie that tasted like when produce goes bad. Like that, like <laughs> almost like... <laughs> slightly decomposed it had the worst texture ever and I was so like resolute on how on drinking this because I believed in the power of like all the wonderful nutrients that should have been cooked and prepared separately but I put them in a blender so I decided (laughs) I decided to strain the smoothie oh my god (laughs) and so half the smoothie ended up in the strainer and the other one in the in a cup and it was literally it was as if you grab some grass and you put some water in the grass and you mash the grass and then you just drank the water Ew. from that was left over <laughs> that was the taste oh of it God. um i did drink it uh just because i was like All i have it? well most of it um or the portion i served myself because the whole thing was I was doing something that was healthy and I was like utilizing the leftover, like the things that were about to go bad. Like I was being also like frugal and like environmentally friendly and like I was like saving all this food that was so healthy to to make this delicious uh, smoothie. So I committed all the way, but it, God, it was so gross. That is probably the grossest thing I've ever made. And um, was stubborn enough to drink it. Mm -hmm. Gross. Wow. Um, I think that, you know, when you start combining too many things, that happens, right? You're like, I think if I just 
add this just one more thing. It'll probably be okay. Yeah. And then you yeah. like hit a teetering point and just all of a sudden it's not okay. Yeah. I have also made some pretty terrible smoothies by the same technique, right? Just like adding a few too many things, you know, <laughs> it happens. It does. It does. Um, maybe we could end on a, a high note. Um, we've shared some rather entertaining stories. Hopefully this resonates with people, lets you know that you're definitely not alone if you have kitchen fails and also the highs that come with like having kitchen wins and just things that you're like, Oh my God, this is so good. Um, that's what we're here for. So I'll end on a high note. Kat, I know you've experimented with this technique as well. Um, spatchcocking a bird. Hell yeah. So a turkey yes. or a chicken is mm-hmm. it's just the way to go. Like it is, I followed, um, I have a cookbook. It's called Food Lab. It's a pretty intense, large uh, cookbook. And they talk about it in there. Um, I believe it's, oh, hold on, I'm going to mess up the name. J. Kenji Lopez Alt. So if you Google him, there's also a bunch of articles written by him for how he does this. But the last one that we did, so spatchcock, if you're not familiar, essentially you cut out the backbone of a bird so that you can then spread it and then basically stand on top of it and put all your weight on it with your hands and crack it. So like you're just spatchcock, like you're butterflying the bird essentially. Does that make sense? Yes, that's a, I think that's a perfect way of describing it. It's like a very, instead of a rounded bird, now yes. it's a very flat bird. Exactly. So some of the benefits are, are even cooking because everything is more spread out. The skin gets so fucking crispy. It is so good. I don't even really like turkey. A lot of times I don't even really want chicken, but like a spatchcocked bird, if that's on the menu, I am definitely going to eat it. And the last time we made this, I don't know if you've tried this cat, but I found an article by the same author, Jay Kenji Lopez, all talking about a dry brine, which was a combination of salt and baking powder, salt and baking powder. And you mix that together and you sprinkled it over. Once you spatchcock the bird and like have it all laid out, you sprinkle that over it and then you put that in the fridge I think I put it in there for like 24 hours. And then after that, you know, you go on your merry way, roast the bird and all that. And it was to die for. Like, incredible. That sounds so good. I, we've done that, the, the brine part as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's, it's the only way to cook a turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, you the need only. a pretty big pan. Like, unless you're buying a smaller turkey, but if you have a large bird, you definitely need a big pan because if you think about it, you're spreading out the whole bird. So you need a lot of surface area. So that's something to keep in mind if if you want to try it, but highly, highly recommend. Yes. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone had fun listening to our kitchen wins and fails. Uh, I believe if if you have ever tried to make anything healthy and some subs and that it hasn't turned out great, I, we would love to hear it because mm-hmm. we've probably have been there. We're hoping to make this more of a series, and so you might hear our part two to 
to some of this. But thank you so much, friends, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We were looking through our sort of demographics of where people are tuning in, and it is insane how many people are tuning in from Nashville, Tennessee, from Wisconsin, from California, from, gosh, where else? I feel like I'm, it's like a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Other countries too. We have some listeners. We are so happy you guys are spending some time with us, like truly honored. Yeah. Other countries too, North Carolina, um, Texas, Illinois, South Carolina, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, like the list goes on and that's just in the state. So we really, really appreciate everybody tuning in. We will be taking a break in, uh, we'll let you guys know exactly when. Yeah, a little, we're going to be recording a little bit more, but Kat and I are a bit busy this summer, so we're going to take a little bit of time off over the summer to come back with a vengeance and have a bunch of wonderful episodes, more guests for you guys to listen to as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So please don't forget about us during our break, as um, uh, Maria Carey would say, don't forget about us. (laughs) And we will let you know exactly the date we come back just so you can mark it on your calendar. And with that lovely to uh, spend some time with you wherever you are and uh, we will see you next week see you bye